This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Hot dog, you're doing it. Well, I was lap 20, but that was pretty impressive. You're now listening to the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. Check out Dale Jr.'s signature Dirty Mo sunglasses from Spy at spyoptic.com. Hey, everybody, it's Jr. Uh, just got home from Pocono. Pretty, uh, pretty crazy race, and um, not just from my perspective. I've been hearing from everybody how they were kind of uh, blown away a little bit about the ending there. All those guys running out of gas. I was too. I didn't, you know, I seen guys running out of gas. I seen us passing people slow on the track, but I didn't think we'd pass that many guys. I was surprised to hear that we'd finish fourth when we crossed the finish line. So uh, we'll go ahead and talk about it. Uh, Right away when the race weekend began, uh, we've you know, we go to Pocono with a lot of confidence. We, we've won the races there last year, and we run in the top five or have a car capable of running well into the top five pretty much every time we go, as far as I can remember. Ever since they've repaved this track, we've been very strong there. So we showed up with all kinds of confidence, and uh, I particularly think we or expect us to actually run better in the second race there for whatever reason. The track, to me, it just suits me a little bit better than it has in the past. When practice began, we were not very good, had a lot of problems with the car, a lot of issues with the balance of the car. The car was doing a lot of things uh, real tight in turn three. The left front was sliding across the track in the throttle all the way to exit. Just a lot of, you know, the car had bad platform, felt like it was rolling way over on the right rear. So we just, uh, you know, we were tight into the tunnel, which was really... Uh, terrible because the tunnel is a very fast corner you can't get tight there you got to really sail into that corner and get out of there quick we were just having you know a lot of issues we'd never really had before never really faced before so I was a little bit worried and we made a you know a couple race trim runs and then we went into qualifying trim qualifying was a little bit better actually than we were there last time the car drove better and we netted a little bit better result but so that was a bit of a plus Saturday, I was excited about getting in the car. Thought, man, we're going to fix these problems. We're going to sort this car out. This is going to work out. We're going to get this thing handling and running good, and we're going to race well. That didn't happen. We we struggled through practice. Right at the end of the second practice, we put a new set of tires on and about six, seven different changes in the car, and we had a lot of speed and comfort. And so I left the track Saturday feeling like that we made the adjustments that we needed to and we helped the car quite a bit. Uh, when the race started, I realized right away we had some a real tight car getting into the tunnel. I had to back the tunnel up more than the 18 and a couple of the gar- cars that were winning cars. I just couldn't drive into the corner without losing the front end and getting real tight and killing all the exit speed, which ruins the next straightaway. So we had, we had that issue, which is which was costing us a lot of track time. The car was real tight getting into turn three and pushing real bad through the center. Um, We were real loose in the throttle off of turn one. You just get all kinds of problems at Pocono when the car's not handling right because each corner is so different. Each corner is going to drive different even when the car is handling well. So when the car can be real tight on one end of the track because of a problem and the same problem can make the car loose on the other end because of the banking you know, turn one and two's turn one. I call, I call it. We'll call it turn one here. Turn one's got a lot of banking. Turn three is very flat. So, 
the same issue with the car can create two different balance issues for each corner. So what might be making you really loose off of turn two can make you real tight in turn three. So it's really a pain in the butt. Anyhow, I realize that you know we didn't have a winning car right away, but maybe we could tune on it and improve it. We worked real hard all day long, but uh, never really seemed to help the balance that much. Anyhow, uh, I really didn't no uh, notice it uh, when the race started, but when we came on the pit road for one of our first pit stops, I got the car slowed down. Uh, in second gear, we have uh, you know these lights on the tack that will light up, and we usually use one or two red lights uh, to to let me know that I'm near my speed limit and to hold hold one red or hold two red lights while we're going down pit road so I know I'm sort of in this window and I can be safe and not speed but I can be really close to speeding but it's a it's a real good way to, you know it's, it's the way we've always done it it's it's what works uh, the old school method is simply a strip of tape on the tack and you just line this needle on the tack up, up with that piece of tape and that's how we used to do it years ago before we had all these cool lights. But I come down pit road and I didn't have any lights. So right away, I sort of panicked. And when I got to looking where the needle was, it was above the piece of tape. Because we have the piece of I always keep the piece of tape on the tack as sort of a backup plan to the lights. But I've tried to get better and better at using the lights because that's just a... Uh, that gets you a little closer to uh, the speed without going over, where the piece of tape's kind of a guess. Anyhow, uh, we were speeding. The lights on the tack didn't work. Um, they never, never worked the rest of the day. So I don't know why that was happening, but anyhow, we, we got caught for speeding and lost a lot of track position. So we had to go back to the back because of that. We ended up, uh, you know, getting a chance to work on the car and try to drive up through the field. Uh, on one of the uh, next restarts, we were uh, way in the back. So, uh, you know, we're going down the front straightaway. I'm kind of half throttle. There's really nowhere to go to get this, you know, there's nowhere to pass cars. Guys in front of me for several rows are two and three wide and jockeying pretty aggressively for position. And so I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, I'm just going to wait and, you know, I didn't see anything in front of me that made a lot of sense. So I just was going to wait, go into the corner, and run a few laps, try to pass a couple cars, and, and we were going to have plenty of, we had plenty of time left to, to drive our way through the field and get a good finish. I really, uh, you know, I'm kind of watching all these guys out the front windshield, and I didn't look at the mirror on the left side to see if anybody was on the inside of me. And I'm just going to assume that the 35 was there, Cole Witt. So, because uh, when I came down, uh, we hit pretty hard, real hard. Uh, when I looked at his car, I saw where his where the donut from uh, my left rear was uh, pretty, you know, behind his right front tire. So he was he was up on me pretty good when I came down. So I'm gonna assume he was there from the start. Anyhow, it's a bad angle for TJ to spot. So there's really nothing he could have done to help me. I should have been looking a little better, doing a little more observing and what was going on, and I, I just made a mistake. So anyhow, we got lucky and didn't back into anything. Nobody hit us. We uh, beat the damage out, which wasn't too bad. And uh, we got back out there and ended up, uh, you know, way behind trying to fight uh, to stay on the lead lap. And we had some vibrations that weren't 
the vibrations, you know, uh, people always talk about Hendrick, our Hendrick cars vibrating and why do they vibrate? Uh, they vibrate for a lot of different reasons, but we've, we've improved and fixed, you know, our shifter problems where we're breaking shifters. That's not the kind of vibration I had. And it wasn't a loose wheel vibration either. The guys assured me that everything was good. None of the wheels came off, had, had been beaten up like they, they were loose. So I'm pretty sure all the wheels were fine. Uh, I'm just, I don't know, you know, sometimes you can get some tires that'll spin on the wheel. We did have some tires that spin, spun a little bit, but I don't know if that's really what caused it. The right rear shook twice on two, on, uh, two different sets. The right front shook once on a set. And uh, when those tires are shaking and wobbling that bad, it knocks about a half a second out of the speed of the car. So we had that problem uh, hampering us as well. Finally, uh, you know, we got uh, into some clean air and, and running some decent laps there at the end of the race. Greg said we were, you know, anywhere from a fifth to a seventh or eighth place car most of the day. And uh, I would agree with that. We, uh, you know, we kind of got lucky with the strategy. Uh, the leaders assumed there would be another yellow late in the race to allow them to save some more fuel and be able to make it without a problem. But for whatever reason, today, there wasn't that late yellow that we're accustomed to having. Any other race, nine times out of 10, you're gonna get that yellow. You just will, that's just the way things have been going, the trend we've seen over the last several years is we're gonna get these late yellows in this rate in these races to bunch the fuel back up. But it did happen today and you know that was lucky for us. That was fortunate for us because we were able to pass a lot of guys around out of gas. Ended up getting a good finish. Definitely finished better than the car was. Uh, we were gonna run about fifteenth or so and uh, that wasn't you know that wasn't gonna be a good finish. We weren't gonna be very happy about that but sometimes you get lucky and that was us today. We'll take it. We'll go on uh, to Watkins Glen. They say it might rain. There's a little uh, rain in the forecast. I'll, you know, I know it's early, but that'd be crazy. I've never raced in the rain. A lot of guys haven't. I'm excited about that opportunity to do that. That'd be kind of fun. Definitely be a, something different. I've, I've actually drove in the 24 hours Daytona in the rain, but never ran a big heavy stock car around a track in the rain. So anxious to do that, really, to be honest with you. I know some guys have, and it looks pretty fun. So that would definitely be a twist on the traditional Watkins Glen weekend. Junior Motorsports had a great weekend. Uh, I retweeted uh, one of Mike Davis's tweets summing up our, our uh, weekend. We had uh, a second place finish in Xfinity with uh, Regan. They had an awesome car. Regan did a good job. Jason Burdett, crew chief in that car, has been awesome all year. If you know that guy's story, you can appreciate how hard a climb it's been for him to get to where he is and get this opportunity. Uh, second place in the trucks, which was uh, a blessing considering uh, the strategy they had. Uh, Kevin, Kevin did a great job, as he always does. Uh, he didn't have a winning truck, and he got a lot out of it, though. Uh, we ended up winning the ARCA race with Cole. Uh, kid's got a bright future and excited about working with him next year, trying to give him an opportunity to showcase his talents, and hopefully we can do a good job giving him that opportunity. And uh, our late model cars had another win. Josh Berry went to Orange County and won the cars race. He went there the week before and won their, their weekly show, just trying to prep for that cars race. So he's, he's been winning left and right. We haven't, I've never won at Orange County. TJ Majors drove a late model for me there a long time ago and run third, uh, but we've never won a race there. So Josh Berry's sure, sure representing us 
very very well and uh and at all the local tracks uh, that we love to race at so we're very very proud of that uh very proud of that late model program uh, not only for the obvious reasons of going and winning and josh and all that stuff in our relationship with speedco but just to uh to still you know to still be racing at these local venues that have meant so much to so many people in our sport over the years it's such a good feeling so i love following following those guys and you know even if we're not racing at some of these tracks just kind of keeping up with the langley's and the orange counties of the of the world and making you know seeing how they're doing and how who's winning races and you know i used to race against some of these guys it's pretty crazy but anyhow real proud we had a good weekend we're gonna wrap it up i hope you guys enjoyed the download and uh, we'll see you at the glen there you go, uh, Dale Jr. And that's all we have for this week's download. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And for Travis Peterson, Mike Davis, Amanda Wolfmeyer, I'm Taylor Zarzer. We'll be back <laughs> this week on the, uh, on the download. Wow. Uh, he emptied the tank there, didn't he? Man, he had some information. <laughs> he got a lot of stuff. Man, I, got, I kind of got nostalgic when he was talking about Orange County Speedway. I don't want to get too far off here, but um, I cannot remember the guy that, that runs Orange County Speedway. But I did a local show in Raleigh years ago, and they sponsored my show. And I said, well, the only thing we have left to sponsor is the Carolina Hurricanes hockey report. And he said, I'll absolutely sponsor that. Here's what I want you to say. It makes no sense for me to sponsor this, but you're going to remember it because it makes no sense. And they did. Orange County. That's Orange cool. County sponsored the Carolina Hurricanes hockey report. There you go. Uh, but obviously, Josh Berry said a lot of success there and – He's right, though. He should be talking about all the things that are going on with the different things he's associated with, the junior motorsports and the late model team and the truck team and the obviously uh, Xfinity team. And then, yeah. oh, by the way, somehow, some way, that team, you, you knew it all along. It was I a mean, top it, five car. I think it was pretty <laughs> obvious um, when the tack lights went out and the, then the wreck yeah. and then the speeding penalty that we were pretty much going to finish fourth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I knew it. You knew it, right? Well, don't I want, tell me you thought we were going to finish fourth and fourth. Well, I, I want. I have to say, I wasn't so sure, but I knew after Brad Keselowski had a couple of incidents hitting people on pit road, he was going to finish second. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and his Jackman was going to live around to see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Golly, you know, we're not. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny about that. That was crazy. No, it was crazy. What happened there? Yeah. And I know Travis Peterson. Who's here with us? The engineer on the '88 team. He stopped smiling when I started talking about somebody getting hit <laughs> on pit road. That's why he was jumping out there in front of that car. You had Ty, <laughs> Casey Kane was had yeah. half of pit road. My God, think about that. Was that was nuts. Yeah, even it was on Friday. Intense. You guys were working like crazy after the wreck. Uh, pit road penalty, obviously. <clears throat> but Junior just uh, gave us an idea in great detail what happened there. Kane. Can't slow down, hits the the pit wall. Yeah. God, and then the Kislowski situation. Travis, it was nuts this weekend. Yeah, that's the whole weekend was pretty crazy. That's that's the best way to sum it Jeb up. Jeb Burton on Saturday. Yeah. Well, it almost if you watch the replay, he's almost following the exact tire tracks yeah. of Jeb's car when he come off the corner. They just got loose in the same spot. And the, the reason Casey hit so far down pit wall is he actually almost did a little bit better job of saving it. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of fishtails it back right when he crosses the pit wall and that's why he goes so far down and then he still KOs the wall at high speed and it was, that was wild I mean it was crazy helmets went in the air about oh my god there was one <laughs> that was like 100 feet in the air they yeah, went out of the camera shot and came yeah. back down about 30 seconds later <laughs> <laughs> that was nuts really really lucky that nobody got hurt in that that was yeah that was a big deal very lucky it was a crazy day there was no doubt yeah. that it was a it was a crazy day and 
Junior went through a lot of it there. Travis, Mike, let, let's start with problems in practice, car not handling well, the balance was off. After the entire weekend is over, can you put your finger on some of the reasons why? Uh, no. We, we struggled when we unloaded, and we weren't a whole lot different than we raced the race before. And the overall setup from the two races in the year previous, when they won both of them, weren't it wasn't anything that was vastly different that we were trying or anything. It was just you know subtle little things here and there, but overall the end product should have been close. And we we struggled all practice, both all three of them trying to figure out what it was. And like you said, that, that last change we made in the last practice, we hit on something. But we don't know specifically what it was. Uh, we changed, like you said, almost. Because Greg six or changed seven everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, it we, sounds like it. He said, that Junior said, like six or seven different setups. Yeah. I mean, or, we changed the front end. We changed the rear end. We changed everything. And it was. I mean, we decided we were going to pull the kitchen sink out of the truck and throw it at the car because it was. We were like, man, we got to change something drastic to make him happy. And all of a sudden, he he was real happy that run. He made a longer run. He had decent speed, and we were like, okay, you know, regardless of what it ended up being. What fixed it? We're happy we found some speed. Okay, so whatever whatever that feeling was, or what you, that you guys liked, did that transfer over into the start of the race Sunday, or was it kind of back to? Well, we really didn't. We didn't make a whole lot of adjustments to the car because we thought we were pretty decent there, and everything yeah. else we had tried all weekend wasn't that. It great. had speed. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, you know the few things he was struggling with uh, at the end of the practice there, even when he was happier that last run, were still there um, at the beginning of the race, and we didn't think we were that far off. You know, he was a little upset with the way it was handling. But um, from our standpoint, sitting top of the box, similar to Loudon, he wasn't very happy with the car, but we were pretty fast. It was, right. And it was definitely a top ten car. I mean, find me a driver that's not complaining about a setup or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, and then I'll, you know. well, if, if he could have <laughs> been happy as well and had those things like driving in deeper and whatnot, we probably could have driven all the way to the front and had a good shot. Like you said, we run really good at Poconogo. There's a lot of confidence. Right. But One thing to also mention about that car being a top eight, top six car, whatever you want to call it, Travis is we never really got to see it on a long green flag run mm -hmm. before it had any That's damage right. or before it had any speeding issues and historically last few years Junior's been a great long green flag runner yeah always a always a long green plays into our hands and uh like you said we didn't really get the opportunity because that first run was so short to the competition caution and we started having issues instantly yeah um, but he had driven pretty far up through the pack to that point and like you know you heard that audio from Greg earlier we were all excited watching him pick and weave through people on restarts and we kind of thought we had a pretty good shot there to get up front and the car changes so much from the top five back um just from the aerodynamic standpoint and when you get back there you just develop a lot more issues too so if we were to get them back in clean yeah, air we true. could have been better a lot of dirty air back there there's no question all right let's hear about some of these issues amanda let's go to uh lap 53 p2 under green uh and the tack does not work do you hear me about the lights on the tank, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I was letting them clear you. So we'll go to 4,200 from here on out. Your speed there was 60.45 in section three and 60.26. So we're going to figure it, figure that out. It's just the lights that work. I'll, I'll do better. Looking for lights that heavy. It is kind of crazy, and Junior went through it. Is the old school way of looking at it, where you have the tape on the tack, don't go past the tape, right? Um, but then you have the lights that you're trying to be more conditioned to and really pay attention to those. So you can understand if the lights don't work, how you can make that mistake, Mike. I guess. I, I learned a lot about what our tack looks like in this yeah. race yesterday. Because <laughs> honestly, I mean, I've been around these race cars for a long time, and I've never really looked too deeply into uh, the dashboard. 
Can you tell us, uh, I mean, Junior did a pretty good job of explaining it, but what exactly are we talking about with this light system? Yeah, so the tacks, you can program them, and there's uh, yellow, green, and red lights that you can adjust uh, in anywhere you want on the tack, really. Um, there's always the top rev limiter one that lights up, but what we use it for is pit road. You're never going to see those type of low RPMs on track, so it'll never blank or do anything funny when you're down in second gear pit road speed. Right. So you set it up so that way there's a... Uh, there's a small window where the, the tacks light up red is what he likes, and three is where we set the max pit road speed. And you want to get the most you can on pit road. Um, you know, they give you a five-mile-an-hour window. You want to push it to four-and-a-half-mile-an-hour right, right. or something like that to uh, minimize your time. Right. So we set up the lights, and basically he drives, and it'll, it'll blink yellow, green, and then he kind of has an idea he's getting close. Then he levels it off, and he gets right in that window, and he holds usually two red lights is what we shoot for him to hold. Um, obviously, like they said, they weren't working. Um, we don't really know why. Um, we tried a couple of things, telling them in the car to hit the buttons on the tack and flip cycle power, trying to reset it, um, but no, nothing ever happened. It may have gotten completely wiped at some point. You know, we had that red flag. Uh, one of the things that maybe could have happened is when you fire everything up and there's all that load going through the electrical system of the car after a red flag, it could have done something mm, there yep. because we had that red flag early that. in the that's race. That's right. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the theories we have that could have happened because we don't really know what it was right but uh when that's off you know he's relying on those lights he's uh gets on pit road and he starts to accelerate till he sees his lights right and all of a sudden he's going oh no there's no lights and he realizes he's past that point and, and he they tell us we're late that's speeding. what happened so wow. that's a good point because kane's yeah. incident lasted 10 minutes or so that 15 red flag? minute 15? red flag okay. yeah yeah because yeah, they had to re-weld the wall up or something that's right it, uh, <laughs> part of his car was in the wall yeah. the wall. it was right. nuts uh I, I gotta tell you i'm pretty impressed that he didn't speed again Without the, without yeah. those lights to now, like you said, he used to use the old school system. He has, still yep. has it set up, but for that to be the only thing that you're relying on, yeah, a tape line on the dash isn't exactly the most accurate thing we got. <laughs> right. So, um, listen, I know Does people are frustrated and all that, but I'm pretty impressed they didn't have any more issues as the day went on. So, come back lap, uh, come back in 26th position, and uh, let's hear what uh, is going on here at uh, this is lap 60. Here, Amanda, and some more issues that Dale Jr. and Greg are working through. All right, undo all that. I don't know what you did. I don't, we don't talk about it, but undo all that. And because uh, I can't drive it, it's about to wreck in the middle of the corner. It, it, it didn't help any of the tightness, so I don't, I don't want it in there. It's hurting the hell out of me, whatever we did. Okay, hey, Tempo, you know, when we put those right side tires on, we put a half round in the right rear, and uh, we took that back out and took one out of the left rear, so. All right, well, I, I, the car's wallering all over in the back, spinning out real hard, real bad. Got a real bad shake in the back. I don't know what's going on there. I can imagine what it is. But. Travis, um, you don't sound like you're from Georgia, Alabama, or North <laughs> Carolina, but we, we would like you to define wallering for us. <laughs> uh, well, you know, re-listening to it through his audio like that almost makes you relive the race, and um, – it may have been related to that the vibration he felt like he was feeling, but uh, kind of just listening to it again, wallowing around almost sounds like he's just loose off the corner. Like that's the back right. end just slips and comes back and slips and comes back to him. And uh, that's the way I would take that now, re-listening to it. When I read it on the paper, I didn't quite get that. <laughs> but listening to him say it, it gives it a whole new meaning. But that's what I would say. He just, you know, we were struggling. We were trying to free up that entry, try to fix the first part of the corner, see if it helps the rest of it. And uh, obviously just hurt exit, and he just kept, if you can't put the power down for those long straightaways there, it's bad. A lot of swinging for the fences, Mike, on this day. Yeah, but you know what? Through all that frustration that you hear between Junior and Greg over the car, that caution actually was very timely for us because pit sequencing had started happening. 
and we got our lap back without a lucky dog. Uh, Junior had fallen a lap down because he had to make the additional pit stop or the pass-through penalty. We fell a lap down. But in between that point and this caution, the leaders had to pit. And so Junior actually was on the tail end of the – or it was on the lead lap, yeah. and then the caution came out. So it actually was very beneficial for us. Unfortunately, they would fall a lap down again, though, as uh, they had the issue, obviously, with the 35. And let's hear from that – hear about that on uh, lap 72. And uh, let's – hear what TJ Jr. and Greg had to say. Is there a car down there or something, TJ? I can't tell here, man. I'm <laughs> a mile away from you. Okay. Did you drive through the middle of somebody? No, I just was going into the corner. Uh, down into the bottom. Somebody ran into the left for a quarter panel. I don't know if there was a car there or not. Hey, guys. Uh, it's not, not as bad as we think here. You know, we're going to have to, uh, you know, clearance that left side. So we'll go four tires. Make sure we clearance in front of the tire here. Yeah, you got a little contact there with 35. It'll be all right. Oops. <laughs> you know, anytime your spotter says, I don't know, did you say, I didn't see a car down there. Did you drive in somebody? That's probably not a good good deal. <laughs> I, I really don't mean this to be mean, okay? I really don't. I'm just going to be honest here. Okay. Um, Cole Witt, a friend of Junior Motorsports, used to, used to run for Junior Motorsports. Yeah. In fairness, he's really short. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, maybe he didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, <laughs> possibly. This is one of the. I wish I'm you would have brought. Just, I wish you would have brought that up on Twitter, and then I could have been like <laughs> Reaction Theater eight five five seven four zero nineteen zero two. I mean, if TJ, short. Amanda, TJ might not have seen him. I mean, maybe he didn't see. Him. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were a little confused about the, the lap down. St- it, well, the whole time that was a confusing time. Yeah. Regardless, the car had a lot of speed, Mike. After that, well, so they uh, they actually made two pit stops, right, Travis, during yeah, that correct. caution to repair the damage um, because you you spent some time on pit road, repaired it. He went back out there, says that I think he had a tire rub. Yeah, the left rear uh, was rubbing the, the fender there. By the way, I love the shot on TV with Travis Mack just pounding, yeah, uh, yeah pounding well, on here's that. Here's the issue with that. So the first time they fixed it, they were adjusting on the fender, right, trying to get the damage back out right. so it wouldn't have a rub. But the whole time, the NASCAR officials looking over your shoulder, and they had already called some people for damage repair and pulled them back into pit road so that you know they're policing that and you're a little nervous you don't want to over adjust it because if you pull them out everybody knows that's an aerodynamic advantage oh right? yeah so you don't want to go too far because the nascar is going to make you come back and fix it so i think somewhere in that we missed just a chunk of the fender trying to pull it out and it was still rubbing when he back out he could smell the oh, smoke that's interesting because i'm going to tell you something that nascar official was all over yeah he's right he made he was when there's damage repair they're all over you making yeah. sure you don't over adjust that's interesting good that, point that's a very good point I tell you what, man, uh, my man Peterson here is he's, he's a pretty impressive fella. He's making me smarter. Well, <laughs> I'm sitting next to him. I don't really – we don't need Slinger Leonard Adam Jordan on anymore. You know? Oh, wow. no, I'll oh. say that. Shot's fired. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, lap 92. Dale uh, feels like he's got something loose in the car. All right, well, I feel like I got something coming loose in the back. I don't know. Okay, step forward. What we'll do here, guys, when we jack the left side up, we're going to check the track bar and check all that, make sure we put a jack stand underneath there. It was, uh, felt like it was happening before we ever got hit, so it's like a hat on a hub or something weird. It's only in the center of the corner, real bad, all the way off the corner. Down the straightaway, it's fine. But it's real bad, and it uh, makes the car real loose, real, real hard to drive. Step four. It's a real, it's a big problem. We'll see. 
Any reaction to that, Travis? Well, we never did find it. We came in because we were tail end, and we kept working on it, trying to check parts, make sure nothing was loose. But, you know, listen to him say it was center off the corner. You almost think it might have something to do with acceleration, the drive line. But we don't – I don't know. We'll maybe find something this week in the car, but we don't have any idea for sure what it is. We just know Dale's pretty sensitive, and when he, he can feel so much of that stuff that any, any little vibration just throws off his feel in the car, and it makes him slow down, like he said. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson once said that to me. He said it, it's kind of hard to explain because you're never going to be in the car with another driver. Right. He, but he did say that he feels like Junior can sense so many more things about a car than he can, and and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing, you know. But yeah. it is it's fascinating each driver and what they sense and what they don't sense. Yep. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it's it's kind of I've only worked with Dale this last year, specifically working, listening to him talk. But a lot of the guys on the team and other people through history that I'm trying to learn from their experience, they talk about how he's a very sensitive driver. So something like that, you know, it hurts you because if he yeah. can feel that, and it, it's a detriment to his other feel and match trying to make it Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think all of us learn a lot listening to Dale Jr. every week, dissect the race and all the different experiences that he has. So we certainly appreciate getting your perspective here this week on the download as well, Travis. And, um, yeah, I think also Junior did a very good job of trying to describe the issues with the vibration. Any thoughts on that moving forward? Yeah, like I said, we're going to do our best to find it. When we get back to the shop, we don't know what it was. Um, luckily, we can rule out things like the the standard issues we've had in the past, and we don't think it was a loose wheel. And, you know, you can take those things and say, all right, at least we know we're not having any of those issues anymore. Hopefully you can narrow down what it was, or maybe it was just some freak thing. Because he said at the end of the race he didn't feel that last run. So whatever yeah. it was, it kind of worked itself out. There's a lot of shifting going on at that place, too. It could have been a number of different yeah, things. Yeah, it's very possible that, you know, he said earlier in the race he thought he may have missed a shift um, somewhere between lap 50 and 60 on all yeah. those restarts. So that, that, that just, could have been something, too, but, you know, we don't know for he, sure. Here's what I do know. I'm looking at my notes here. Whatever whatever he felt was loose and however much sensitivity he has in his ass and all that stuff, I don't know about that. <laughs> what I do know is that he came out uh, and restarted 30th. At that point is when I figured that we had a fourth-place finish oh, in it. Oh, there's no question about it. Yeah. And, you know, we had one more green flag pit stop to go. I felt like fourth was a good place for us to end up. I, I have to tell you, that is the most fun way to finish fourth. Like some people, <laughs> Junior, Junior doesn't like finishing fourth that way. He'd rather have a lot of speed and finish fourth. I get it. But if you're a fan or you're on the team or, or you're associated in some way, watching them go from the very back to finishing the race fourth, those last 30 – 30-some-odd laps were really fun. Man, we were pretty mopey on top of the box, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we felt like everything had gone wrong, and we were yeah. sad, you know, gosh, what can go right? But but honestly, when they all started to pit, we were like, man, if this thing goes green, we have a shot at a decent finish here. Yeah. Because we're like, there's no way. They ain't going to make it from yeah, there. Yeah, but you want to know something. <laughs> you, you say there's no way. I had just had this conversation with L.W. Miller the day before after watching the Xfinity race where we were hoping that – who won the Xfinity race? Uh Blaney. Blaney did, yeah. Right. And Regan was sitting there in second place. And Blaney like, does he have enough fuel? And I'm like, they always have enough fuel. <laughs> I could, I think, like, I was trying to think about the last time I saw somebody run out of fuel on the last two laps. I think it was actually us <laughs> for the 600 yeah. or something. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? These guys, I'm tired. I'm not buying into this whole, is there enough fuel? Kyle Busch, Logano, they're all going to save enough fuel. They're all masters at this. And dang if half of them didn't run out. I, I swear, I was even going to tweet half, to all but two. I have to tell you, when Logano and then Truex and then Kyle Busch, I was laughing hysterically. Like, typically, like, I don't, typically <laughs> I don't cheer for someone else's demise. Well, there's 
one guy in particular. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> I don't typically cheer for somebody else's demise, especially if they already have a win. Like Truex is one of Junior's best buddies. Mm-hmm. I was laughing when they were running out of because they already have wins. They're in the chase. I, they're fine. Yeah. But just watching that happen, like, oh, there we go. There goes another one. He's I gone. couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe. I was Hawk Harrelson all of a sudden. He's yeah. gone. <laughs> I couldn't believe it because I just don't remember the last time we've had a race where people were legitimately dropping like flies. Yeah, it was crazy. With more than like before the white flag lap, actually. So, uh, yeah, it was nice. Who do you think had the best car? On Sunday, that's a great question. I mean, you know, Harvick, 22, Harvick had a great car, yeah. but he had engine problems. Yeah, so he was so early that yeah. he had that issue. I'd say twenty-two, eighteen, four, forty-one. Those guys were definitely good. Yeah. Um, we knew we when we got up there, we passed other cars, and then we couldn't really pass those guys. So they were definitely good cars. It was nuts. All right, well, it was nuts. It was it was nuts. But uh, now, uh, Mike Davis, it's his race. He's been calling it for years. Junior's going to get a win at Watkins Glen. Travis. All right. Yeah. What's what up? do I got to do to get you guys to win at Watkins Glen? I need this. Like I've need, I need. I need to come Is there in a here background of why you need week. it that bad? I'm going to. I need it. Well, first of all, <laughs> yes, there's, there's a story. I'm going to call Travis out. You need to familiarize yourself a little bit more with this download. Not when you're just on it. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. in, just in well, general. I, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you do because it's fun. As you can tell, we have we have a blast. Junior teaches us a lot each week, uh, but. We've done over 100 of these now. And since the very beginning, this man right here has been predicting that <laughs> Dale Earnhardt Jr. was going to win at Watkins Glen. So now every time he has a top five finish in Sonoma, Mike goes, hey, hey I told <laughs> no, 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 no. up. That's not hey. the same thing. <laughs> okay, that's in California. It's not in New York. Yes, it's a road course, but it's a different type of road course. He's been calling for a win <laughs> in Watkins Glen. Now – I, he's had a lot of – he's definitely gained on it, a lot. I'll give you that in the last couple of years. Gained on it. Gained I, on it. No. But I didn't know that you meant he was going to win in the rain in Watkins Glen. <laughs> See, because that's a different story altogether. Listen, if I just – if I predicted that Dale Jr. would finish fourth at lap 90 of this past week's race, then don't you think I know what I'm talking about about Watkins Glen? <laughs> no. No, I don't. I mean, if I – I mean, no. I know how to call these things. Junior I, I is really, gonna before his career's over, he will win a race at Watkins Glen. What about this weekend? In the rain, God, I hope it rain. That that would be kind of fun. Uh, the rain would be interesting, and and Dale yes, likes he, all that weird stuff, the unique type of yeah. racing like that. So you know, he may just excel at it like out of nowhere. Uh, all right, I'm looking ahead here. The forecast does not look that bad on Sunday. Only a 20 percent chance of rain in Watkins Glen. Now Friday is a different story. Could see a lot of showers on Friday. But uh, Saturday and Sunday, the weekend forecast does not look. I'll tell you right now, put that thing away. We we (laughs) look at that all week, and then it's never right until about a day before. (laughs) All right, it's time for Reaction Theater. And as you know, we have been giving away some pretty sweet gifts to a caller we feel deserving of some spy swag. Maybe we'll make Travis decide who the (laughs) That's right. We should. That's a great idea. Hopefully we've got some good ones today. On top of the earbuds, sunglasses, and wireless speaker up for grabs, don't forget you can go online to spyoptic.com and get yourself a pair of Dale Jr. Signature 88 Shades. This includes the Dirty Mo, McCoy, Quanta, General, and Farah for the ladies. Once you're ready to check out, enter discount code NATIONWIDE88 and get 20% off of that purchase. Big fan myself. Yes, you are. You're looking good with them. Travis, we gotta, uh, we're going to pick a caller. It doesn't have to be the happiest. It doesn't have to be – it just needs to be the most memorable. Yes. Okay? I get to hear them all first. Right? Oh, absolutely. We're going to. In fact, yeah. pick a random number now. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no. We're just going to see what we got. We all get a vote. Here we go. 
Man, after a day like we had today, man, I'll take a four-place finish over anywhere where we were running today. Holy catfish. I'm drinking about as hard as when Junior won Martinsville, Talladega, and Daytona. I'm just going to go up and have me some good old redneck fun. I got me some whiskey. We're not firing anyone because, obviously, if we can rally back from what happened to us today and finish fourth, that's a really damn good job. Okay, so everyone's reinstated. Everything I said last week is off the record. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hey, yeah, Travis, yeah. you can continue to work. I hope you didn't fire Travis last <laughs> yeah. week. Good thing. He might have fired yeah, Travis. Had we run out of fuel, Travis, it might yeah. have been a different Travis story. Travis was upset with you last week, but hey, you're fine. Now. That would be awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome you. back. Oh, on air. Yeah. Who's next? It's like an emotional roller coaster ride here at my house. We get up there at the beginning of this damn race. we taking out positions, moving up on the track, looking good, looking fast. Next thing I know, old June bug out there speeding on pit road. Their own damn fault gets in the back. You know, everybody 25th back usually going to wreck the damn car anyway. <laughs> Next thing I know, we're back there riding around all day. Now, I thought we done got on the bus with Kevin Harvick. Took <laughs> off, went to the house, drank some cold Budweiser's until next thing I know the race is over. Damn it, if we get to pull out a fourth place. <laughs> Way to hang in there, guys. That's all I can say. I, I, I like that. that I like that. That was good. I thought we were on the bus with Harvick. We're that that was a fair recap here. of our race right there. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? First of all, I got to give a nice round of applause to the 88 team for stealing the golden horseshoe away from Kyle Busch. Because uh, after having such a sucky race with a speeding penalty and a spin, and we still managed to finish fourth, and more importantly, that 18 finally running out of gas and not winning a race. God, I think we had the golden. I think we definitely had it straight up there. And I'm not going to even say where because we all know where that is. Hashtag no beers. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, a lot of people are questioning Kyle Busch and his team for going for the win because of their situation right now in the points. With all due respect to David Gilliland and Cole Witt, Kyle Busch is 13 points out of 30th. Yeah, it it was totally fine for him to go for the win. I mean, he's going to be in the top 30, folks, I'd barring love, an absolute disaster. I'd love to listen to that conversation anytime they tell Kyle Busch not to go after a win and yeah. hit for points. Oh, it was, it just, was pretty entertaining actually. We listened to him on the radio, and his oh, his crew were? chief said, "You need to slow down. You got five seconds. You're going to run out of fuel. Slow down." <laughs> and he said, I, "Sorry, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. <laughs> Pedal to the metal." Who's next? I'll be the first to admit, I stopped watching the race when we got that late penalty in the pit, and I went on my way. I started driving to Houston, and I'm driving, and I get, I'm get i getting Twitter updates. I see 17th, and then the next tweet I see is 4th. Oh, my gosh. Way to go, Dale Jr. Woo! I think there were a lot of people like her that gave up on Sunday and said the hell with this. You know what? For once, I'm going to make my – Significant other happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do the honeydew I'm list. Catch up on let's the get off that couch. Go We're gonna go do I'm gonna cut the grass. So do something, and they might have missed a fourth place finish. Mike Davis. I, you know what? I, again, I keep going back. It was pretty obvious we were gonna finish fourth. <laughs> I don't know why you would have had to quit watching. Yeah. I'm sure you were so confident. You quit watching, go do something, come back, watch the last lap. That's all that really oh, mattered. Right. And then you had the greatest day ever. <laughs> I will say it, it was funny watching. I was watching the NASCAR.com leaderboard, and. It didn't even know what to make of the situation, to be honest with you, because as he crossed the line, it went 12th, 7th, 18th, 4th, 12th, 4th. <laughs> I, I it's, like, what? it's like it's almost like NASCAR.com just threw up its hands. Our timing at the track didn't even have it right. Hey, listen, we yeah, had no idea what was going we're, on. We're a month or so into NBC slash NBC Sports Network's coverage, and I like it a lot. I think they do a really good job. 
and uh, the graphics are good, um, following where the leaders are, etc. It was a chaos yeah. on the top of my screen in the last uh, yeah. five minutes I of that they, broadcast. I think they did a great job of covering that. That's got to be tough when all these cars start falling back like that to cover <laughs> who wins. Well, it's like, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. Stevie knows about these situations. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Well, that's a way to turn a chicken in the chicken salad, but I kept on waiting to see Mike Davis out there pushing the 18 car to victory. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Travis, let me Check tell you Mark, what Mark, I like that one. Yeah, oh, stop. <laughs> I congratulate Kyle Busch last week. I just congratulate him. And all of a sudden, everybody uh, thinks I'm uh, like the biggest Kyle Busch fan. I mean, I, I thought he I was. I think you got to be impressed with it. If you win – you know Everybody how hard this is. I don't, I mean, That's listen, right. I, I you saw, know how hard this is. And I'm just saying, when you do what he's done, you just got to tip your cap to the guy. I mean, you just, just got to respect I mean, I, it. I, Mike had his phone out here, Travis, last week, and there was <laughs> something on his screen. He was texting with Kyle Bush, and it said, let's talk about Rowdy Radio. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Love or hate the guy. It's been impressive lately. Yeah, that's Who, right. Who's next? <laughs> Rowdy Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, somebody's going to steal Jr., that. He wasn't having it. Wreck, no problem. Left part of the car, f*** up, no problem. Go back <laughs> to the rear, no problem. Beating penalty, I don't give a s***. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep digging, and that's what champions do. And we will look back at this race at the end of the year and say, holy s***, what an awesome Day. <laughs> hey, I think we got a new leader in the clubhouse. I mean, listen, and he's right. And I know that you guys had to be bummed about the day a hundred or so laps in, but nobody gave up. Everybody was still swinging, doing everything they can. And you know what? That's I, I really believe in part that's one of the reasons the car finished fourth. Yeah, there's on no Sunday. quit on anybody in the team. And it stems from Dale. You know, he said a lot of times, we've had issues, wrecks, whatever, and he says, every single car I can beat is worth it to me. Yeah. And, and that's the way we go about it. And, and any time you do something bad, you can always learn from it too, whether it's you try something else on the car that you make a big yeah. swing and you learn or what, but there's we never stop. I, I was listening a good bit to an – I'm not going to say his name, but I was listening to another car a good bit yesterday, and he has the worst attitude you can possibly imagine. And that has a lot to do, I think, with why that team that I'm not going to mention <laughs> is struggling. And the attitude on the 88 couldn't be more different. And I do think that is a huge factor. I want to know who it is. Can we guess? I'm not going to say it. I don't want to – I don't – I'm. I, you know, I'm not here to spit on anyone else that's really struggling this year. <laughs> Moving on. Wow, what a difference a year makes. Last year, two great cars. Uh, sweep at uh, Pocono this year, uh, just all kinds of problems. Uh, today, vibrations, speeding penalty on pit road. I guess about the only other thing bad that could happen is if uh, Dale called out to TJ and he wasn't there for some reason. Uh, anyway, somehow managed <laughs> to uh, get fortunate <laughs> and luck into a top five finish with fourth place. That's great. Um, but we got to get back on the winning track. Go get him next week. Dale, yeah. Well, yeah. uh, actually, we did have an issue with <laughs> Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah. We had it all. Uh, in fairness, TJ was a mile away, but, uh, yeah, there was an issue with that as well. I know, in all seriousness, uh, Travis, I do know that, you know, you guys are fired up because you finished fourth, but because of all the issues that went on, that only motivates everyone even more to get back out there at the track next week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we always want to rebound a lot stronger to forget that race. 
But you got a little bit more motivation being that it's Watkins Glen. Yeah, right. definitely. And yeah. Mike okay, Davis good. has put you on. Yeah. Okay. Something that's all I need to know. Mike just makes you want to win Watkins Glen. <laughs> that's all I need to know. <laughs> Who's next? TJ, hey, why don't you go down to the optical center and get yourself some spy-optic <laughs> prescription lenses so you can see down the back stretch where the center is. I know you can see a mile away. Get your prescription spy-optics on and do your job as a smarter. They'll hook you up. Go to spyoptic.com and your for your spy-optic prescription <laughs> I think we might have a new leader. He's working uh, hard for that, though. Uh, I don't know. That's a little too that's much. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's Tim Brock. That is my man, Tim. Tim. Last that's one. What it says. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful race that started on a triangle inside the Keystone State. Junior had a mighty racing car, the crew chief brave and sure. Many drivers said sail that day for 400 miles. 400 miles, the racing started getting tough, the 88 was spun, if not for the courage of the fearless crew, his Chevy would be lost, his Chevy would be lost, the Windows 1088 came in fourth place today, our superstar, the Hendrick Bunch and Amy too, here inside the top five, hashtag Dale yeah, hashtag eat it haters. Hey listen. He's already won some spy, spy yeah. swag. Uh, we can't give him some more. No, oh, is there, is there a jingle there all the time? Oh, man. No, I, like I thought that. that one was clever. Yeah. All right, Travis, he, he what do you think? You, you want the guy that uh, my man, oh, yeah. Brock, that uh, was calling out TJ, We the awesome bleeping day fella who went through all the issues. <laughs> Pushing the 18 car to victory is pretty funny. We had um, We had a couple that were pretty funny at the beginning as well. You know, I don't really want to support all the swear words, but I, I thought that was probably the best. That was pretty good. Yep. But at the end of the day, that's kind of how we Wait, all you felt. You just limited it down to like seven of the no, calls. No, he wants, <laughs> no, he no, no. There was one with about six. 20 of them in there. Yeah. What an awesome bleeping day. Yeah. He wants that guy. That's play, our guy. Play, Over play, my man, Timmy Brock. Play, oh. play number six real quick. Play so number six. All right, Make sure play. we get the right one here. All right. Dale Jr., he wasn't having it. Wreck, no problem. Left part of the car, up, no problem. Go back to the rear, no problem. Beating penalty. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I'm coming to the front. I'm going to keep digging. And that's what champions do. And we will look back at this race at the end of the year and say, holy shit, what an awesome shit day. There you go. <laughs> that's your guy. Is that your winner? That's my guy. That's All right. Because he called us for the championship. I mean, that's there you go. That's re- Sold me right there. Reaction Theater is open 24-7. All you have to do is call toll-free, 1-855-740-1902. If you're calling toll-free, you might want to – Spend a few more dollars and get a new phone. And leave us your voicemail <laughs> message, and we'll play the best each week right here on Dirty Mo Radio. Time now for It Takes a Nation, presented by Nationwide. I feel like there is a big misconception about a certain role here at Junior Motorsports, and it's a role of our road manager for Dale Jr. It's a position I had for a long time and uh, several others after me, but now belongs to Tyler Overstreet. And Tyler Overstreet is in here. Before I get to the misconception, let's start from the ground level, Tyler. What is your job? I basically handle day-to-day Dale's calendar, facilitating a lot of requests. I'm essentially a funnel between uh, our HMS partners, our PSA partners, Jerem, so that he's getting information from one source. I mean, obviously, he also talks to you about some stuff. He talks to Kelly about a lot of stuff. 
but when it comes to production dates, appearance requests, weekend schedules, when we're flying out, all that stuff comes through me and we interact and figure that out together. Yeah. Uh, th- th- there are many vocations, actually, in this role. This is where it gets complicated. There are many vocations. Administrative assistant is certainly one of them. Yep. I'm not saying it's the most pleasurable part of the job. I'm saying that it's part, definitely one of them. You're, you're scheduling. You're, you're working on a calendar. Logistics, a big one. Yep. Uh, public relations, a big one. Media relations, a big one. So, you know, we get this question all the time. How are you different than, say, Laura Scott's position at Hendrick Motorsports or my position here at Junior Motorsports? Sometimes it gets a little foggy for people. So let's just break it down. Explain the functionality between what we call Team Junior, uh, you know, on the media and marketing side. So Laura works for Hendrick Motorsports. She works out of Concord. Maybe they call that Charlotte right there by the track. And she's facilitating media requests. NBC goes to her. NASCAR goes to her on a lot of stuff. And she will get the requests, pull them together, send them to me and Dale on Tuesday or Wednesday of the week leading into you're going to do a lot of your media stuff on Friday afternoon between practices. So she's facilitating media requests. You also have um, Jake Backer, who is our marketing rep. At Hendrick, at Hendrick, and he right. is working with Nationwide, Diet Duke, Kelly Blue Book, all of our sponsors. Right. They're asking for production days months in advance, appearances months in advance, so we can get this stuff organized and pulled together. So they're working more so with the Nationwide folks and Diet Duke. Obviously, I still have a relationship with those guys, too. You do as well. Sure. But they're interacting on a day-to-day basis, managing that relationship when it comes to Hendrick and that number 88 car. My role is, well, yeah, obviously I'm still worried about the 88 car, but my number one focus is to make sure that everything's working well for Dale Jr. That's right. Whether that's the number 88 cup car, number 88 Xfinity car, being the owner of JRM, working with Wrangler and Chevrolet and those guys on the PSA side. So PSAs being personal service agreements, they, yep. these are things that are not necessarily team sponsors, right? Uh, but they are Dale Jr. sponsors on a personal service level also head trainer uh, we recently announced that doesn't have anything to do with the Hendrick side it does with Dale that's where you are an account rep so to speak for these people so yeah like you and I we interact a lot with head trainer because that's coming through junior motorsports representing Dale's brand directly Mike is really he's like the godfather over Dale's brand to where like he's like eh, that doesn't really fit doesn't make sense it's not authentic. Believe it or not, as much as Mike jokes around and everybody's like, man, I would love to be Mike Davis. He's doing Prank all- people all day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's more not exactly what Mike does. So he does these podcasts. He does 360. He's involved with all that. But he's going, last week he went out of town for a sponsor meeting. At the end of the day, he is a very creative mind behind a lot of the stuff that we do, whether it's goodies, Hellman's, just a lot of the brands. And he can provide me and Dale with a lot of like common sense. And some of the emails that Mike sends are very blunt. <laughs> like, and I'm like, man, I wouldn't. I'm not sure I would have said that. To Dale. <laughs> but it gets his point across. And then Dale's like, yeah, that, that's a good well, idea. Me and Dale have a long history. Yeah. See, like a lot of the times, a lot of the ways that Dale and I talk to, I would never want you to say that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I would be mad at you if you did that. Yeah. Um. And. But but Dale and I go way 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 back. Uh, we because I was in that role. Yeah, I was in that role. The, the roles changed, but 
when I came off the road, Dale was gracious enough to let me hire for this position so I could kind of sit back and, and, and sort of run the department, but also then take on some of these other things that I wanted to do, Dirty Mo Radio 360, and then start becoming more uh, involved in his brand building. And so that's why your position was so vital is that somebody had to take over. But it's a very difficult position. You said something very, very important. Your job centers around Dale Jr. Right. And this is where the misconception comes in. Because of all the vocations I spoke about that, that sort of play into this road manager, updating people on Twitter is not one of them. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that Tyler's not able to do that when he wants to. He can. But that role is not about that. There are other people that do that, and they do it well. This role is about taking care of Dale. And Dale needs somebody like that. Uh, but, Tyler, uh, in all seriousness, man, you have done an awesome job. And when you're doing an awesome job, this is how you know. If Dale's not complaining about it, because that means you're taking care of Dale. If anybody else is saying, well, where's, you know, why hasn't he tweeted? Well, that's not his job. His job is taking care of Dale. And I tell you what, Dale's been thrilled this year uh, at all the stuff you've been able to do with him. And I've been very happy, too. That's all the compliment I'm going to give you, though, because, that's awesome. uh, because yeah, because that's more than I, it, I. Now it's officially uncomfortable for me. Um, but thank you for being here on Takes a Nation, Tyler. Uh, we'll do this again sometime. Hey, folks, between now and August 7th, that's Friday, Nationwide is asking fans to show their support of Dale Jr. and the number 88 team by sharing their fondest memories, personal experiences, and most exciting stories. Fans can submit their stories, photos, or videos via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook using the hashtag MyDaleStory. That's hashtag MyDaleStory. They can also submit them at MyDaleStory.com. Check out the website to see all these amazing stories, pictures, and videos from Junior Nation. They're pretty special, and uh, they're going to pick a winner that is going to ultimately uh, get to meet Dale again. And you know what? Tyler Overstreet will uh, get that on his schedule and book it. Tyler, you, you're aware of that, right? You're going to book some some lucky winner of the My Dale Story uh, campaign is going to get to meet Dale, and you're going to handle that, right? Yeah, we're looking forward to it. That's right. We'll see you soon. There you go. Uh, and, folks, don't forget, Nationwide is on your side. Hey, everybody, I'm Tiff Daniels, and here's what's coming up on Dirty Mo' Radio. On Wednesday, Kelly will be joined by Janice Amarola, wife of junior motorsports alum Eric Amarola, on Fastlane Family, presented by Wella Professionals. Thursday, Heath White and Regan Smith will be back with another episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale, and they'll have Josh Berry in the studio although the topic this week won't be just racing. And don't forget, you can always catch Dale Jr.'s at-track press conferences on said Jr. presented by Nationwide. Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available free of charge 24-7 on DaleJr.com, iTunes, and all major podcasting outlets. Tyler, you stick around. It's time now for White Flag. Yeah. White Flag right there. White Flag. Let's go. Let's see here, What you Tyler. got here? What you got, Tyler? All right. Dale Jr. has a pretty light week this week. Which means he has nothing going on. Uh, oh, which means you have nothing going <laughs> exactly, on, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my favorite kind of week. Good he Lord. goes to Watkins Glen on Friday for two practices, qualifying <laughs> Saturday. The race is on NBC Sports Network. If you don't have NBC Sports Network, check out their NBCSports.com or the Live Extra app. We get a lot of questions looking for the race. You can watch it online, so if you can hear this podcast, you can watch the race. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair Make point. Make it our fault. That's a yeah. fair <laughs> point. Well, I'm just trying to help people watch the races. There you go. Also, if you haven't checked out the Junior Nation fan survey, you can find links on our website, stalejr.com, jamracing.com, and our Facebook and Twitter accounts. Mike Davis keeps tweeting it. So if you haven't seen it, what's that wait, wait, what's that supposed to mean? You tweet it like every 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> easy. I do not, you liar. But... 
if you <laughs> yeah, we're trying to just deliver better content. Mike Davis is struggling. <laughs> so, uh, so he needs you to help him. And plus, if you you could win a $250 gift card. So that's a cool opportunity if you just want to waste three or four minutes of your life to help Mike Davis. Very big news for Watkins Glen this week. Mike Davis will be making a rare at-track appearance. Wait, oh what? Boy. Yeah. Yes. Going oh, wow. to Watkins Glen? If we're going to win, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if we get him to victory lane, there's, oh there's never going to be a celebration is, like that. This is yeah. going to be rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So I'm going to the beach. Oh, good for you, Tyler. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to disturb your vacation. I bet you are. I will. Tyler, Why do you get take a vacation. There's no vacations in this deal. Thirty six. No, strong. Tyler, you take. I'm on your team. You you go the vacation. There you go. I might come with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike has been predicting for years that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to win in Watkins Glen. If yeah. he is there for the victory, oh, yeah. you're <laughs> never Wait, gonna hear the end of this. How much did you influence Tyler's off time? <laughs> None. He told me you to can't go this week, but I think the Walking the Glen weekend you could probably take your vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna tell you something. You keep you guys talking about rain. Yeah. Uh, th- th- I'm not signing up for rain. No rain. No, 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 okay. no. Okay. No. Well, right now the forecast looks good, but like Travis said, that will change six times in the next few days. Tyler, it's good to see you. Good job. Yeah. Travis Peterson did an excellent <laughs> job this week. We appreciate him. Yep. We thank Amanda Wolfmeyer, who doesn't even have a headset anymore. Thanks to uh, <laughs> Tyler. Thanks to Mike. Thanks to Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'm Taylor Zarza reminding you that we appreciate you listening to the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spot. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Well, that'll wrap another episode of the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. And guys, remember, go online to spyoptic.com. Choose your favorite Dale Jr. signature 88 pair of sunglasses. And when you're at checkout, enter discount code NATIONWIDE88 and make sure you get your 20% off your purchase. Happy shopping, guys.